You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to beautiful Fenway Park for this edition of the Throwback League. And today, a little old-fashioned Boston and L.A. So many great NBA battles in that regard. But also the Sox and Dodgers, of course, played a recent and very memorable World Series against each other. This is all a little different here today. It's the Red Sox of 2004, the team that rallied against the Yankees, broke the so-called curse of the Bambino. They're up against an underdog 11 seed in our tournament, the 77 L.A. Dodgers, who did have those four 30-home-run players, but they could not take down the Yankees when it mattered for them. Here's how this goes if you're just now finding us. Every Monday now till the middle of January of 2021, we play one game of this 48-team tournament. Four quadrants of 12 teams seated like March Madness, one through 12 for our purposes, one seeds against the eight seeds. Those are all uh, World Series champions between 74 and 06. The 9 through 12s are the best remaining pennant winners from during that time. We run a simulation of the matchup on the whatifsports.com algorithm. Great website. Then I take the box score. I go into a studio like it's the 1930s, do a radio recreation of the result. No outcome predetermined. Whatever happens, happens. And you can track the brackets online at our website, the Throwback League. Dot com. We invite you to help us start a little community here. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends so we can all have fun kind of comparing notes and just waltzing down memory lane together, talking trash about who is better than whom. And in that case today, who would win a one-game playoff between the 4 Red Sox team of idiots and the Lasorda-led 77 L.A. Dodgers? As we preview this one between a three-seed and an 11 from here at Fenway, on a cool but comfortable evening. Let's check in with our very cool pregame analyst, longtime Sunday Night Baseball voice, Hall of Famer, John Miller. They ran into that Reggie Jackson buzzsaw in October. They had dispatched the Phillies in the NLCS. We'll get to that in a minute. Sure looked like they had a really good shot in the World Series, but Reggie's five home runs in the Fall Classic wiped them right off the map. Regular season in 77 for L.A. Well, they finished 10 games up on the Reds, who had just won back-to-back -back World Series. 20 wins from Tommy John, 16 more from Rick Roden that summer. You might forget Boog Powell and Jerry Grody were bench players on that team and that Charlie Huff was the closer. Don Sutton started the All-Star game. We mentioned they beat the Phillies in the NLCS. They held the great Mike Schmidt to just one RBI in that series. Everything turned in game three. Black Friday, as they came to call it in Philly. 5-3 lead is what they had entering the ninth. They had their ace reliever, Gene Garber, on the mound. Could have gone up two games to one in a best of five. Well, Garber way, got the first two hitters. 
got ahead of the pinch hitter, Vic Davalio. Davalio then noticed Ted Sizemore was playing pretty deep at second. He shocked the Phillies with a drag bunt single. Another pinch hitter from Tommy Lasorda. Up came Manny Mota. He was down 0-2. Sent a deep drive to left. Greg Luzinski got there, but the ball caromed off his glove onto the wall. And Luzinski... Could not get Moda. Throws skipping away past Sizemore. Davalio scored. Moda on to third. Davy Lopes with a, a blistering ground ball. Took a wicked hop on the seams of that AstroTurf in Philly. Hit Mike Schmidt in the left knee. Larry Boa barehanded the ricochet. Fired to first. Close play. Went against the Phillies. Moda scored. And then Garber trying to pick Lopes off at first. He threw wildly past Richie Hebner. Lopes on to second. Bill Russell singles. Lopes scores. On from there. It uh, it turned. Let's just say it turned. They would win game four with Tommy John outdueling Steve Carlton. World Series, Paul Blair sunk him with a walk-off in game one. Mike Torres sunk him with his pitching in game three. Guidry beat him handily in game four. And in that decisive game six, it was Red G. Red G. He had homered on the first pitch of the last at bat the game before that he had. Then to open his night at Yankee Stadium against Bird Hooten, he walked on four pitches. That set up a Chris Chambliss home run. Then next time up, home run on the first pitch he saw. Fifth inning, first pitch home run off Elias Sosa. Eighth inning, first pitch home run off Charlie Huff, 475 feet. And that was the genesis of the famous Reggie Jackson nickname, Mr. October. Elsewhere in baseball, that 77 season before October, well, Rod Carew was the AL MVP, hit 388 for the Twins. George Foster, the NL MVP for Cincinnati, led all of baseball with 52 home runs. No one else had more than 39. Sparky Lyle took the Cy Young as a reliever in the American League. Steve Carlton for the Phillies in the National League. Rookies of the year, two big names. Eddie Murray in the AL for the Orioles. Andre Dawson of the Expos in the National League. Also in 77, the Mariners and Blue Jays each began their respective histories. The Blue Jays did that in the snow against the White Sox. Harold Baines, the number one pick of the draft that June. There were no hitters by Jim Colburn and Dennis Eckersley and Burke Lylevin. Some fine work from Mark Fidrich, the bird, in Detroit once he got off the DL. Pop culture, 1977. Top song was You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. I think this one is a, a more representative thing. So let's just listen to this underneath as we tell you the, the movies to watch. What a year. Had this little thing called Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Smokey the Bandit was out, Saturday Night Fever, Rocky. Wow. Steve Martin was everywhere. He was a wild and crazy guy. And uh, what 12-year-old kid wasn't walking around saying, excuse me, thanks to, to Steve Martin. The I Love New York ad campaign came out, seemed to be on TV constantly. The miniseries Roots was on TV. Jimmy Carter was our brand-new president. The Middle East uproar featuring Menachem Begin and Anwar Sadat. They were in the news as presented every night. ABC had the sitcom universe owned with Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley running back-to-back. -back. They also had Three's Company and Charlie's Angels. NBC was hanging in there with Little House on the Prairie. Not as much jiggling going on with the Little House on the Prairie. On your AM radio, that's where you found your disco hits, your Leo Sayre, your Marilyn McCoo, Andy Gibb, Sean Cassidy with his Da Do Ron Ron, ABBA with Dancing Queen and whatnot. But in fairness to balance it out, Manfred Mann's Earth Band had us blinded by the light. The Eagles introduced us to the, uh, the place off that dark desert highway. Welcome to the Hotel California. Seattle Slew won the Triple Crown in 77. Bjorn Borg won at Wimbledon. Jack Ramsey's Portland Trailblazers won the NBA championship over Gene Shue's 76ers. So the Dodgers, who did not win a title, they'll roll with this lineup for their man in charge. Number two in your game program, rookie skipper Tommy Lasorda. Davey Lopes leads it off. He's at second base. Ron Say is at third. Got Reggie Smith, Dusty Baker next in the order. Steve Garvey's at first. Steve Yeager, the catcher. Lee Lacey gets a chance to DH in this one. American League ballpark in 04. Bill Russell is a shortstop. And Rick Monday is in right field in this one. Okay. With Don Sutton on the mound for the 77 Dodgers, we'll get back to him. But we, we got to go to 04. We got to get you to the team of idiots. The 2004 Boston Red Sox, and boy, where do you even start? 86 years without a World Series title, so close the year before, and then the 2004 Duck Boat Parade that kicked off the first of many to come. 
Kurt Schilling and Keith Folk had been added, which was big. But bigger than that, Terry Francona came in his first year as manager, and he got the first World Series for the Sox in 86 years. And that season actually started pretty slowly and strangely for Tito. He had first baseman David McCarty pitching three games into the season, and everything looked like a mess. But July 24th, that was kind of the watershed day. A-Rod and Veritek in the shoving match at home plate. Bill Miller's walk-off homer won at 11-10, and that really turned the tide. It was the first time that Red Sox radio voice Joe Castiglione says he remembers shouting, can you believe it, was when Miller hit that walk-off. There were things that went right, and no one even knew it at the time in 04. I think starting with the A-Rod deal falling through, he was supposed to have come in for Manny Ramirez. You had uh, Kevin Millar's Japan deal falling through. They couldn't get Javier Vasquez for the pitching staff, so they planned bead and got Schilling. Nomar turned down two different contract extension offers, so he went away eventually, and then came Orlando Cabrera. They almost traded Derek Lowe for Esteban Loaiza, but didn't. And, of course, the popular people, your Ortizes, your Mannies, your Schillings, your Pedros. They had a handful of cult heroes like, uh, well, Johnny Damon, of course, Millar, even Dave Roberts at the end. And the architect, Theo Epstein, the manager, Terry Francona. None of those guys we just mentioned will ever pay for a meal in a New England state again. The 0-4 playoffs for Boston, I guess we got to start with game four of that ALCS against the Yankees. Rematch of the 3 ALCS that ended in a heartbreak and the Aaron Boone home run. But on October 17 of 04, the anniversary of that home run, the Red Sox were three outs away from getting swept in the ALCS. The only way to stay alive was to get a run off the greatest postseason closer ever, Mariano Rivera. And they did that and started the Johnstown flood in the process. As the writer Charles Pierce put it, the Red Sox were now no longer victims of fate's great cosmic whoopee cushion. Pierce had a great line about Red Sox Nation, too. He said, it's one thing to decide you're born to be Destiny's doormat. It's another to turn it into a tourist attraction. And all of that ended soon enough, because the day that the 04 ALCS began, this is so weird. A house belonging to Babe Ruth's ex-wife was torn down. And Sox fans saw that bizarrely. I think it is a sign that the exorcism had begun. The curse was about to end. Stephen King, who knows a good narrative and who needs another bestseller like Big Poppy needs more notoriety, he picks 2004 to do his diary of a random Red Sox season. Come on. Game 5 ALCS, we'll, we'll take you through it here. Huge break when Tony Clark's double to right skipped into the stands. Right, Ruben Sierra would have easily scored. Even before that, Matsui for the Yankees sent a vicious liner to right with the bases loaded. Trot Nixon stationed perfectly. He caught it. That would have been a three-run double. Game 6 of the ALCS, that was a bloody sock game at Yankee Stadium. Did Kurt Schilling really bleed through his sutures, or was that just a Sharpie? Either way, Bellhorn hit the big three-run homer. Gave Schilling a 4-0 lead. The Red Sox forced the decisive Yankee Stadium Game 7 for a second straight season. This one would go very differently. Johnny Damon, the grand slam pretty much right away. Mark Bellhorn, homer off the foul pole. The anticlimactic final, 11-4, and on to the World Series. Where it went well. Game 1 against the Cardinals. Red Sox made four errors. They won it anyway. Another Bellhorn home run off the foul pole. Game two, four more errors by the Red Sox, three by Bill Miller, and they won again. Another big hit from Bellhorn. He had a two-run double in the fourth. Veritek had a triple to the triangle at Fenway. Sox won that one 6-2, to two, and it was on to St. Louis. Game three, Jeff Supon's bad base running, the most notable item of another Sox win. Then game four, Damon led off with a home run. Later on, Nixon a two-run double on a 3-0 count. And the Sox had their lead into the ninth inning. They had a lunar eclipse above them. And Keith Folk got Edgar Renteria on the comebacker to seal the sweep. Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore allowed on the field to celebrate for their movie fever pitch. Goodbye, Curse of the Bambino. Goodbye, Bucky Dent. Bill Buckner, Johnny Pesky holding the ball. Bill Lee hanging that curveball. Goodbye, Chance of 1918. It all ended in St. Louis that night. Pop culture in 04, just to get you in the mood. Uh, the Apprentice was big on TV, with Donald Trump telling people each week you're fired. Janet Jackson had uh, what we now call a wardrobe malfunction during the Super Bowl. Ken Jennings won 74 straight on Jeopardy. And Old Dirty Bastard died. Two very random things, I can tell you there, from that summer. 
Uh, William Hung lost on American Idol, but he won America's heart with his very happy nature. He sang Ricky Martin's She Bangs, and not very well. Desperate Housewives, all the rage on the TV. And at the movies, we met the Fockers in the sequel of Meet the Parents. We were also introduced that summer to The Incredibles. The radio was playing plenty of Nickelback and Hoobastank, not to mention Kanye and Little John and Outkast. Hey, ya, uh, Hey, ya. Uh, let us meet the lineup for Terry Francona's wild card winners. Here are the 2004 Boston Red Sox for you. Leading off, it'll be Johnny Damon. He's in center. Bellhorn at second. Manny Ramirez in left. Big Poppy, David Ortiz, your DH. Trot Nixon in right. Jason Veritek, the catcher. Kevin Millar at first. Bill Miller at third. Orlando Cabrera, the shortstop, batting number nine. Now, Pedro Martinez on the mound against Don Sutton. Pretty nice little matchup, right? Pedro a bit of a cut-up when he's not paralyzing hitters with that change-up. Some dugout hijinks of note. You might remember Nomar Garcia-Para and Mark Portugal taping Pedro to a pole in the first base dugout during a game at Fenway not too long ago. That was fun. Here in 04, that was actually the back end of his Red Sox dominance. 16-9, 3.9 ERA. Not bad. But if you go back, for example, to the 99 postseason, we're talking about... I mean, it's just incredible. He had 17 innings pitched, five hits allowed, struck out 23, and helped a team that had lost 18 of 19 playoff games at one point to win three in a row. The Game 5 performance in the ALDS that season that put him in the, the Boston pantheon of Havlicek playing with the separated shoulder in the 73 NBA playoffs, McHale playing with the broken foot in 87. Uh, at the end of that 99 regular season, Boy, the Baltimore fans were, were standing and cheering for him as he mowed down the, the Orioles. It's like when the Russians started rooting for Rocky at the end of Rocky IV. 2000 season, I think, was defined for Pedro late at the end of the regular season. He hit Tampa Bay's Gerald Williams, who charged the mound. What did Pedro do after that? Set down 24 rays in a row before John Flaherty singled in the ninth. And the thing is, after Gerald Williams charged him, there was Pedro suddenly hitting 98 on the gun after two months of sitting 94-95. So when he needed it, he could find it. And you look at 99-01, he was 48-13 and 13 with an ERA of two. At one point, it was about 103 innings pitched, 12-1 and one with an 0.96. 165 strikeouts in 103 innings. So didn't quite have all that in 04, but man, when he was in the zone, he would never step off the rubber, just get that ball back from Veritech, throw a fastball, lather, rinse, and repeat. Right now, we're ready. And it's a battle of 32-year-olds. Davey Lopes, right-hand hitter, New England native, stepping in. 283 hitter in the 77 season for the Dodgers, 11 home runs. 47 stolen bases, too. He takes a fastball high. We are underway. Lopes will later play for the A's and Cubs and Astros. He'll manage the Brewers for a little. One-time Dodgers second-round pick. Originally from East Providence, Rhode Island. And he fouls a changeup right here at home plate. It's one and one. Packed house at Fenway. Crowd already making some noise. Joe Sambito, Red Sox reliever, was asked what it takes to be a fan at Fenway. He said, first, you have to flunk an IQ test. Second, you have to be able to drink a gallon of beer. And if you can drink more than a gallon, they give you a seat in the front row <laughs> behind the Red Sox bullpen. Pitch from Pedro is low. It's 2-1. and one. No score just underway. Davey Lopes, not just a speed guy. He once had a 28-home run season. Four-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, even a gold glove at second base. And he takes high from Martinez with a fastball, 3-1. and one. Now the Red Sox with Damon in center, Ramirez in left, Nixon in right. Up the middle, Bellhorn and Cabrera at second and short. Bill Miller at third, Kevin Millar at first. Here's the pitch. That is called low, ball four. So Davey Lopes is on to start the ball game. And it brings up the Penguin, Ron Say. Nicknamed the Penguin by his college coach, up at Washington State back in the day. He does have a rather distinctive waddle. That is true of Ron Say. 
241 hitter, one of those 30 home run hitters for the Dodgers this year. He takes a strike ladled in at the knees. Ron Say hit a grand slam in game one of the NLCS in 77 off Steve Carlton. A game the Phillies actually rallied to win with two in the ninth. Say the owner of 316 career home runs, handful in the postseason. And he takes low here, ball and a strike. Seventeen year major league career for Ron Say. 110 runs batted in this year, a career best in that 17 year big league career. Pedro with the sign from Veritech brings the fastball and slashed in a center base hit. Taking the turn as Lopes will go to third. Wow, first and third, nobody out right away against Pedro Martinez. Reggie Smith, the switch hitter, the former Red Sox slugger, will come up. Originally from Shreveport, Louisiana, broke in way back in 1966 with these Red Sox. In this 77 season, he can still bring it. 307 batting average, in fact, he was best on the team. 32 home runs, 87 runs batted in. He takes a changeup down in the dirt, 1 0. Reggie with a great throwing arm. He'll end up moving on from the Dodgers to the Giants and then to Japan, where he also played for the Giants as uh, part of the Yamayuri Giants. Here's the pitch. Swung on. It's fouled off. Carved towards those left field stands. It's one and one. Red Sox in those bright home whites. And of course the Dodgers that classic gray traveling uniform with the Dodger blue across it. No score but the Dodgers threatening. 1 1 pitch coming in it swung on it's hit high in the air towards left field will stay in the yard but sending back Ramirez to the warning track he's there makes the catch tagging his lopes he's coming home. It is a 1 nothing Dodger lead in the top of the first inning. Ron Save staying put at first. And Reggie Smith took a big cut, but he got under what looked like maybe the changeup from Pedro. And he hit it towards left center where Manny Ramirez scoped it out. Brings up Dusty Baker with the one on the one out. Dusty, a 291 hitter this year, 30 home runs, 86 runs batted in. It was 86 RBIs, the fewest of those 430 home run hitters we talked about. Garvey on deck tops on that list. He had 115. Pitch from Pedro is outside 1 0. Baker, right hand batter, wearing number 12, the 1977 NLCS MVP. Had a couple home runs against the Phillies, including a grand slam. And when Glenn Burke greeted Dusty Baker on the dugout steps, that greeting where the two players extended their right arms above their heads. They slapped their hands together to make a, a clapping sound. That was considered to be the first high five in baseball history. Pitch poured in for a strike. It's one and one. Three days before Dusty hit that home run. That's when he banked that 30th home run of the regular season. Did that off J.R. Richard. So yeah, it was Baker, Garvey, Smith, and Say all with 30 home run seasons. Rock on the rubber, pitch comes. Fly ball deep left center field. Johnny Damon on his horse, still running. He's back. He makes the catch. Ron Say will tag. He'll go to second base. Damon does not have a good throwing arm. Nice running play by Johnny Damon. Runner at second, two down. Here is Steve Garvey. Dodgers up 1 0. Garvey, the steel-jawed right-hand batter, 10-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover, 297 hitter this year with 33 home runs. It's a guy that once played 1,207 games in a row. National League record streak ending when he got tagged out by a pitcher at home plate. That pitcher being Pasquale Perez, and I'm just wondering out loud, could Pasquale Perez have ever found his way to Fenway on his own if asked to do that? Pitches in for a strike, it's nothing in one. You might have heard the story, August of 82, with Perez in Atlanta. He had a, a scheduled start in a getaway game, and driving along I-285 to the stadium, 
Perez missed his exit, and being unfamiliar with Atlanta side streets, he didn't want to get off. He just figured, I'll just loop around, try it again. Well, he didn't know that loop called the perimeter by locals. It's 64 miles long. Pitch is low, one and one. So when Pascual Perez missed his exit again, and some say he missed it a third time, too. In any case, he missed his start. He almost ran out of gas. He pulled into a convenience store, and the clerk recognized him and said, why are you not at the game? <laughs> Pitch is low again, two balls and a strike. That actually worked out fine for Atlanta. Phil Necro made an emergency start. Braves won. And there was a Perez I-285 warm-up jacket waiting for him next time he was at the ballpark. They started calling him not Pasquale Perez, but Perimeter Pasquale Perez. A guy with a better sense of geography on the mound right here. It's Pedro Martinez. And he delivers. Swing and a base hit in the left field. Ooh, and Say will take the turn. He'll be held at third base. Manny Ramirez playing pretty shallow anyway. Fielded it on that second hop. And that's a bit of a break. Two on, two out. And Say unable to score. Of course, you've got that very short distance to cover. There's just not a lot of left field real estate here with that wall. 310 down the left field line. It'll be Steve Yeager coming up next. 256 batter, 16 home runs. Johnny Oates, his backup this year at catcher for the 77 Dodgers who lead it one to nothing. They're looking for more off Pedro Martinez. Runners have their leads on a very pleasant night here at Fenway. Pitch to Jaeger. That's popped foul down the first baseline. Back about 10 rows. Caught here in 04 by a fan in a part mesh trucker hat. Oops, he dropped his pair of frameless sunglasses with the faded lenses. And his buddy in the red and black Ed Hardy shirt picks up those glasses off the of Fenway cement. That's nice. Pedro Martinez only 5'10", but so much swagger on the mound. Speaking of short guys, Pedro started bringing in his 3-foot uh, Dominican good luck charm, Nelson De La Rosa, around Fenway's clubhouse this year. 0-1 changeup is in for a strike. It's nothing in two. And that changeup, you talk to Jerry Remy, longtime TV voice of the Red Sox, former Red Sox player. He says that's the best changeup he's ever seen. It's a Pedro changeup. Remy's favorite Pedro game, if you ask him, September of 99 at Yankee Stadium. Gave up that uh, second inning home run to Chili Davis, and then the Yankees just couldn't touch him. Set down the next 22 batters, striking out the side in the fifth, the seventh, and the ninth. Amazing. Here's another changeup. It's low, one and two. They turned from 99 to 2000. Pedro Martinez had a 167 opponent's batting average. That's the best ever from a starting pitcher. Louis Tiant, former Red Sox, he's next on that list, a 168. But that was in 68, the infamous year of the pitcher. And the American League hit 230 that year. So, you know, 168 opponent's batting average, that's not as big of a deal as what Pedro pulled off in 2000. Pitch is low again, 2-2. Two and two. Look at the American League in the year 2000. The league averaged 5.3 runs a game. They hit 276. But against Pedro, they hit 167. Had an ERA of 1.74 that year. Incredible. First and third against him here. He's already down 1-0. And the pitch on the way. Swing high, fly ball. Will not carry very well. Johnny Damon coming in from center. Pounds the glove, that long hair flowing. He makes the catch, and that retires his side. So a little bit of damage done. One run in, two left for the 77 L.A. Dodgers. And as the Red Sox get set to come to the plate, we pause for this. We have assembled here a most congenial group brought together by the love for a truly great beer. Right, group? Right. It's light beer from Miller. Right, group? Right. They think the best thing about it is it's less filling. It has a third less calories than their regular beer. Right, group? Right. Wrong. The best thing about it, it tastes great. No, honey, it's less filling. That's all. Take it. 
for me. It tastes great. Who are you? You won't think this fight is no joke when you come through and your nose is broke. No wonder you don't get no respect. I tell you, I don't deserve no respect. You still don't know nothing about beer. I thought I threw you out of this bar last year. I feel very strongly both ways. I never argue. Hi, Mickey. Hi, doll. What's a nice guy like you doing in a fight like this? Waiting for you, doll. <laughs> I still don't know why they wanted me to do this commercial. Light beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer and less. All right, transitioning now, getting here from 77 to 2004. Let's actually tell you about something you can get into right now, here in 2020. We suggest you try out our good friends at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, the most perfectly blended coffee on either coast of this great USA. Since 1963, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from around the world. Responsibly sourced ingredients, handcrafted coffees and teas. The Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, truly an experience like no other. And for a limited time, we cordially invite you to try their new Horchata Cold Brew Coffee or world-famous Ice Blended. Keep the name in mind. Look for them, especially if you're in L.A., Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. And regarding L.A., the 77 Dodgers have a 1-0 lead. Don Sutton, the curly-haired righty, will be on the mound right now here at Fenway in 04. And we're giving Sutton a throwback league second chance. He was on the mound for the 74 Dodgers at the Metrodome a few episodes ago. He was outdueled by Burt Blylevin in that one. Now he has to go against Pedro here at Fenway. But Don Sutton's a veteran of big games and big moments. 74 World Series, 77 World Series, 78, 82 as a Brewer. 86, he almost got there. It stalled in the ALCS as an angel. In fact, his last postseason appearance was right here at Fenway, mopping up in that game seven started by John Candelari. The Candyman gave up seven runs in three innings, but all of them unearned thanks to errors behind them by Dick Schofield and even the gold glover Gary Pettis. Anyway, here in 77, Sutton, 14-8 and eight with a 3-1-8 ERA. Just the third best ERA in Tommy Lasorda's rotation behind Bert Hooten and Tommy John. And Sutton will face Johnny Damon, the lefty hitting 304 with 20 home runs. His 19 steals leading the team. Second on the team, would you believe the, the big veteran catcher Jason Baratek, who had 10. First pitch fastball in for a strike from Sutton, nothing and one. Johnny Damon, the former Royal, will be off to the Yankees in a couple of years. And finish off his 18-year career in Cleveland after pit stops in Detroit and Tampa Bay as well. Likeable Kansas native who actually was raised in Orlando, taking outside it's one and one. And here in 04, just a fourth leadoff man in Major League history to drive in more than 90 runs in a season. He carried that into the division series. He was 7 out of 15 against the Angels. Only 3 of 29 against the Yankees in the ALCS to start out, but in Game 7, two home runs. One of them was a grand slam. And that carried the Red Sox to the pennant. Had a home run in the World Series, too. Pitch to the lefty coming. Swing, it's chopped on the ground toward short. Bill Russell's got it, flings it across for the out. Yes, Bill Russell in Boston. That is correct. Here is Mark Bellhorn now, switch hitter. 264 batting average this year. 17 homers in the regular season. Had some biggies in the postseason. 37 doubles. 177 strikeouts for a second baseman. That's enormous. Dan Ugla in the National League. It's Bellhorn in the American League. He pitches in the dirt 1-0. Bellhorn certainly not the biggest name with these Sox, but we mentioned had some huge hits. So many unlikely heroes for the Sox in 04. A pokey Reese inside the park home run. A walk-off hit from Cesar Crespo. That's the kind of stuff that just seemed to find the Red Sox in this magical 04 season. With one out, the kick and the pitch. Fly ball left center. And Reggie Smith looks like he'll be able to get there. He has got it. Two down. So the former Red Sox outfielder retires Bellhorn, brings up Manny Ramirez. 308 hitter, 43 homers this year, 130 runs batted in. 
and a few Manny being Manny moments, that's true, but Ramirez and the man on deck, David Ortiz, first pair of AL teammates to have a 40-homer, 100-RBI tandem with a 300 batting average since Ruth and Garrett for the Yankees in 1931. Pitch to him is in for a strike, no balls, and one strike to count. The 0-4 All-Star game, Manny with a two-run homer off Roger Clemens in the top of the first. His one World Series home run, first inning of game three off Jeff Supon. And that continued a streak through that World Series where the Sox scored in the first inning every time. Ramirez, World Series MVP, after failing to drive in a single run in the seven-game ALCS that preceded it. Manny taking here again. It's a strike, nothing in two. He'll step out. Manny finished third in terms of regular season MVP voting, just ahead of his teammate, Mr. Ortiz. Manny up there against Don Sutton, the Alabama native, who will end his career with 324 regular season wins. No doubt about it, Hall of Famer has a sign from Jaeger. Now kicks and fires. Swing and a miss, strike three. Boy, quick work made of Manny Ramirez in a nice first inning for Don Sutton. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left. And at the end of one, it is the 77 Dodgers nothing, the 04 Red Sox nothing. Let's keep it here in 2004. Hey, Carmelo, your thoughts on the Shack? Well, uh, I'm kind of new, but the Shack is the best. I bet you still have questions. Yeah, but the Shack always has the answers. Uh, what are you guys talking about? What are you talking about? Radio Shack's experts will help you with the latest and cool small electronics. So for simple answers to your electronics questions, come to your neighborhood Radio Shack. Bottom line, the Shack will take care of you. One of them can help with my free throw shooting. <laughs> Radio Shack. Wicked, wicked hard. Wicked hard. Dunkin' Donuts introduces the New England Maple Cheddar Sandwich. Park. I can't find a place to park. Park. Can't find a place to park. A delicious combination of real maple-flavored sausage, egg, and melted cheddar. So, for a great New England taste... Play wicked hard when I go to the park. Get one today. No, no, no. Kurt, you can't do it like that. Try the New England Maple Cheddar Sandwich or any of our breakfast sandwiches for $1.99. Just the thing. Wow, we just heard Carmelo Anthony, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kurt Schilling all in one commercial break. That, that's kind of amazing. Hey, let's move ahead to further action now. This game would stay 1-0 until the bottom of the second. The Red Sox went to work. David Ortiz with a double to the triangle. And then Trot Nixon, a grounder to short. Veritek struck out. But Kevin Millar with a base hit into left center field, chasing home Ortiz. That tied the game 1-1. Don Sutton and Pedro Martinez settled into a nice groove. There was no more scoring in the game until the bottom of the seventh inning. Again, it was Ortiz. He ground one into right field, even though the shift was on for him. And then of all things, he was balked along to second base. Not like David Ortiz is going to be running, but Don Sutton with a balk. However, Trot Nixon popped out. And then Jason Veritek struck out. So it looked like maybe things would fizzle. Kevin Millar to the rescue. Grounded a single into left center. Ortiz rumbled around to score. That was actually the last thing that happened to Don Sutton in the game. It was removed at that point from Mike Garman, who got out of the inning. He did walk Bill Miller, but he got Orlando Cabrera to ground out. So... 2-1 Boston at the seventh inning stretch. They went all the way through the eighth, keeping that lead. Top of the ninth, Keith Folk on to close it. Folk, of course, had a very good year as the Boston closer. However, Lee Lacey leading off by lacing one up and out. That tied the game 2-2. Bill Russell grounded out. Rick Monday stepped in, and he parked a home run. Put it out over that short wall in right Looked at by Trot Nixon, never did get there. A line drive homer from Monday to make it 3-2. Monday, a veteran of some big ninth-inning home runs. He did that to the Montreal Expos in 1981. 3-2 ball game at that point. Ron Say, after a Davy Lopes pop out with a big base hit to maybe get them a little bit more. But after that, Reggie Smith down on strikes. It stayed at 3-2, going to the bottom of the ninth. All of a sudden, the Dodgers with the lead. And bringing Charlie Huff out of the bullpen. I know it might sound weird these days to have a knuckleballer as your closer. But that's what the Dodgers were rolling with in 1977. Charlie Huff, the right-handed Hawaiian 
is uh, 29 years old this year. Got into 70 games, saved 22 of them. 10 home runs in 127 innings, 70 walks in those 127 innings. But through all that, 3.32 ERA. Pretty much the same as the man who started this game, Mr. Sutton. And the final line on Sutton, six and two-thirds innings, four hits allowed, the one walk, the one balk, and eight strikeouts. Mike Garman got four outs, and now it's Huff. He'll throw that knuckler about three out of four pitches these days. Also has a fastball and slider. And he's going to face Big Poppy. With the infield ratcheted around, they've got the shift on form, outfield deep. To a 3-0-1 batter with 41 home runs and 47 doubles. Pitch to him is inside. The knuckleball, it's 1-0. David Ortiz, during his 14 years with the Sox, will be a 10-time All-Star. Seven-time Silver Slugger winner. He's a couple years away from his biggest home run season, 54 of them in 06, and he takes high. Fastball looked like that time. It's 2-0. Ortiz signed originally with Seattle in 92, traded to the Twins in 96. Incredibly released by the Twins between 02 and 03. So friendly with Pedro, he kind of talked him into signing with the Sox, even though Jeremy Giambi was slated to be the DH. Pitch is in for a strike now, 2 and 1. 541 career home runs for Ortiz, 41 of them this year. Not to mention that domination throughout the playoffs. Walk off against Jared Washburn in the 10th inning of game three to knock out the Angels, for example. Pitch here is outside, three and one. Then against the Yankees in the ALCS, the two-run homer off Paul Quantrill in the 12th inning of game four. Walk off single against Esteban Loaiza in the 14th inning of game five. He was the ALCS MVP, no doubt about it. They set the tone for the sweep of the World Series, too. A three-run homer off Woody Williams. First inning of game one at Fenway. Here's the pitch from Charlie Huff. It is low. Ball four. So the time man is on. And, wow, looks like Terry Francona is going to pinch one Dave Roberts. Down a run in the ninth. We've seen that one. Dave Roberts wearing number 31. Brought in from the Dodgers, where he stole 33 bases and 34 attempts in 04 for the Dodgers. But in that ALCS, boy, no stolen base more famous in the history of New England. Game four against Mariano Rivera. So it is a chance for Dave Roberts to take a decent lead here with Trot Nixon at the plate. 315 batter. Lefty slugger as opposed to Otis Nixon, the speedster. The, the Sox got very late in his career. And there's ball one to Nixon outside. That's long been a staple of the Red Sox, by the way. Talking about Otis Nixon. You get that recognizable veteran wrapping up a decent but not Hall of Fame career. 80s and 90s, Boston was a way station for guys like that. Danny Darwin, Matt Young, Jeff Reardon, Frank Viola, Seaver, Boddicker, Tony Pena, Jose Canseco. Don Baylor. Here's the pitch. It is outside. It's 2-0. Well, that knuckleball is just not behaving here from Huff, who's trying to protect a 3-2 ninth inning lead. Trot Nixon, no emotion. Boy, he is all business on the field. A hard-nosed player. We're told his dad, at the age of 55, hit one out of the park in Red Sox fantasy camp. The pitch coming. It is low for ball three. Wow. So far, seven balls, one strike from Huff. Charlie Huff, six wins this year at that Dodger bullpen, but 12 losses. Wearing number 49 on his back. Roberts edging off the bag at first. And the 3-0. It is low. It is ball four. Wow. Two on, nobody out. Got great speed, and Roberts is that lead man. Here's Jason Veritek. 296 hitter, the switch hitter, had 18 home runs this year. And I bet you they're looking for him to, to swing, not bunt here. Guy wearing 33 on his back. He was actually 47 for a couple of years when he first came up, 33 being hogged by Steve Avery when he first made it to Boston. And across town, 33 being worn by a Pretty good shooter by the name of Larry Bird. Here's the pitch. That's a strike right down the middle, nothing and one. 
Now, Veritek doesn't have to catch knuckleballs this year. When Tim Wakefield's on the mound, Doug Mirabelli is the catcher. Right now, the knuckleballer in question on the mound for the Dodgers. In a 3-2 game, Charlie Huff with Dave Roberts' speedster leading off his second. He brings it. Swing and a base hit in the center field. Dave Roberts coming around, coming around. He is going to score as the throw is cut off. We're tied at three. And the winning run is on with nobody out. First and second, Jason Veritek gets it done. He squared one up, pounded it into center right past the mound. And now Kevin Millar as we get towards the bottom of the order. Now this is a 297 hitter, 18 home runs. Do you bunt here? It's not something Millar does very much, but may make some sense here, although it is tough to bunt against a knuckleball. 3-3 tie now. And the pitch. Ooh, he bunts it foul. Right up the first base line. Terry Francona pacing in that Red Sox dugout. Tommy Lasorda in that blue satin jacket over on the third base side dugout for L.A. And Millar, part of a good first base platoon. Millar and Minkiewicz. Best defense at that position since the days of George Scott for the Red Sox in the late 70s. Millar not showing bunt this time. He is ready. Now the pitch. Oh, he yanks one foul into the left field seats. And that is a Kevin Millar specialty. Carlton Fisk, Kevin Millar. Those are your Hall of Famers for wearing out sections 72 to 82. If the dimensions of a baseball field were 30 feet to the left, you can make the argument Kevin Millar could have won a bunch of home run titles. Millar so popular in that clubhouse, he's a little left of center. Beaumont, Texas native, who's played in the independent leagues, most notably for the St. Paul Saints. Two on, nobody out. And the 0-2 pitch. Strike three called on the outside corner. Knuckleball dancing for a huff. Boy, that's a, that's a heck of a time to break off that dancing knuckle. In a 3-3 game with that go-ahead man at second base. Here is Bill Miller now, switch hitter. 283 hitter. 12 home runs this year. Had a walk-off home run against Mariano Rivera that we talked about earlier. Miller was a guy that uh, we talked about that Dave Roberts steal in game four. Miller was a guy that drove him home to tie that game. We talk about coming up clutch. Huff in with a pitch. Swing high fly ball left center field. This ball back near the warning track. That ball caught for the second out of the inning. Dusty Baker coming over from left. And wow, got just under it. Would have been the walk-off home run, or if it gets up against the monster anyway. That would have ended things with a 4-3 final. But instead, it's a fly ball out towards left center. And now, Nomar Garcia-Para's replacement, Orlando Cabrera. Batting ninth, something that Nomar never did. And unburdened from being on a rotten team, Orlando Cabrera has excelled in a winning environment in 04. He takes low, it's 1 and 0. Two on, two out. The Red Sox brought in Cabrera, immediately went 25 and 4 once they traded away the insanely popular Nomar Garcia Parra. Huff with the sign. Yeager setting up shop right down the middle. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss, it's 1 and 1. That actually looked like the slider that time. First time we've seen that from Huff. Now Cabrera, part of that World Series in St. Louis, a dominating World Series. They outscored the Cardinals 24 to 12. They never trailed. The Cardinals' vaunted sluggers did nothing. Scott Rowland 0 for 15. Jim Edmonds 1 for 15. The one hit, the one hit being a bunt single for Edmonds. And what an incredible thing. That finale played under both a full moon and a lunar eclipse on the anniversary of the Red Sox Game 7 lost to the Mets in 86. That's when they finally broke the curse. 
Orlando Cabrera, who does have a walk-off here at Fenway in 04. A homer to left against the Orioles, a game in late September the Red Sox really needed to have. The pitch from Huff in there for a strike. To the native Colombian, Orlando Cabrera, two men on. Sox have rallied to tie it here in the ninth after seven strong three-hit innings from Pedro Martinez. And the replacement for Nomar taps the bat down on home plate. In and waiting against Huff is Cabrera. Check of the runner off second. Now the line in the pitch. Nutler swing, high drive, left field, down the line. It is a home run! Red Sox win it! Just inside the bell, pole into the netting, up on the monster, incredible! Cabrera! To cap a four-run rally. The Sox were down three to two. They end up winning this thing instead. And what is Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore? What are they doing on the field? It's a walk-off for the Red Sox with a knuckleballer on the mound. Take that, Aaron Boone. And this ball ended up being hit very close to where Bucky Dent hit his famous home on here at Fenway for the Yankees back in 78. So another take that for Red Sox fans against the Yankees, who aren't even here. It's the Dodgers who get taken down. The great start from Don Sutton undone. The late home runs from Lacey and Monday undone. Keith Bolt gets the win after blowing the save in the top of the inning. 6-3 for the 0-4 Red Sox here final from Fenway. Next week, we finally get a little big red machine action going in the throwback league. The 75 Reds, speaking of home runs off the left field foul pole, they saw that here at Fenway themselves in game six of 75. Those 75 Reds, they're a one seed, and they will play back at Riverfront Stadium in Cincy against the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals. That's a nine seed that advanced a couple months ago. As for these 04 Red Sox, who are celebrating their win right now, their next game is set down the line against a team that played 30 years before the World Series champion 74 Oakland A's. Congratulations to the find a way to win 04 Red Sox here today. Three run walk off from Orlando Cabrera making your final from Fenway. The 04 Red Sox six, the 77 Dodgers three. This is Josh Lewin. Thanking you very much for your time. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Check out the website as well, thethrowbackleague.com. Oh, we've got a Twitter, too, at thethrowbacklg, short for league. Josh Lewin, talk to you shortly. Take care.